1: Hello,
2: friends. We're back again. It's YouTube.com slash Fightful, and it is May the 7th. We just finished Impact Under Siege. One hell of a show. We're going to talk about it today. I am Actual Pearl. I am joined by Steven Jensen. You see Steven all the time on Fightful Select, hosting the Weekender podcast, and on YouTube.com slash Fightful, hosting the Spotlight with Jeremy Lambert. Steven, how are you, man?
3: I'm doing great. This is a, uh, a really good night for you know, fans of combat sports. Uh, I was just watching Impact Under Siege, of course, which we're about to talk about. On another screen, I was keeping an eye on KOB KOBK um Blood on My Jeans. Shout out to Moe's friend of uh, friend of fightful friend of the show. And uh that was that's a great show over on IWTV that's still ongoing right now. Also, UFC 274, also on right now as we speak. So I'm trying to keep an eye on that a little bit while we're doing the podcast because there's some big fights coming up, and I may or may not have some some uh interest in those for other reasons as well and i've got a lot i'm very interested in what's going on in the ufc and then later tonight uh canelo fights uh boxes so i mean like there's a lot going on in the world of combat sports so it's really good night how about you man how you
2: doing i'm doing all right after this i am going to uh relieve my wife and take my child and probably stay up with him way too late and hope that he sleeps while i maybe watch some of this stuff uh that's that's what i'm doing but for tonight We got Impact Under Siege. If you're looking for other content that's going up all the time at youtube.com slash Fightful, we have Sean Ross Sapp who interviewed Persia Parada, Steph DeLander, as she's known now, uh, coming off of her exit from NXT. Uh, Moose, talking about Moose tonight. He was on the show. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp did an interview with Moose that dropped a few days ago. You can check that out on the channel. And there's much more coming this week. We'll talk about it. And, of course, we've always got Fightful Select. You want your breaking news you want all the good stuff all your podcasts every single day something drops on fightful select sometimes two three four times a day sean ross Sapp and the crew have got you covered although today one of those stories may have been more laredo kids select <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit uh by the way uh and just a reminder folks you can get in your super chats and your humper chats to talk about this show you get your question statement read on the air what's a humper chat you might ask well, if you go over to hupperchats.com, you can donate a hupper Chat. It's a kind of a Streamlabs platform where you can donate a little more and give us a little more because the YouTube platform doesn't always give us as much. But if you want to donate a Super Chat, it's that little dollar sign in the chat window down below. You can donate a question, donate any any money will get your question statement right on the air. I'm done talking, now we have to get through this. Um, Yes, like my, my tweet did, in fact, get some screen time tonight. Thank you, Ricardo, for the super chat. I made a joke saying, oh, no, they're going to put a bunch of tweets up on the screen. And then I got owned by Impact putting up my tweet on screen. That's what happens. Yep. You want to start with the pre-show? Yeah, sure. All right. So we opened up with Rush Singh and Mahabali Shira taking on Heath and Rhino. At first, I was confused as to why we were doing this tag match. But then... One thing that I'm going to say a lot about tonight is that the commentary team did an excellent job of telling us why we should care about every single wrestler in these matches and what the stakes are for these matches. You caught the pre-show. What did you think of this opening contest? Tell me a bit about uh, your thoughts. So
3: nothing crazy, right? But just like a solid opening match, solid tag team match um i'm watching uh ufc over here with my brothers they're in my living room right now uh watching the show and we they were watching impact with me and they kind of pop seeing rhino still being involved in wrestling because they were like oh damn rhino like even people who haven't watched wrestling in a long time you know recognize rhino from back in the day back from ecw and wwe and everything um you know i and I, you know I, I like shira i do you know i, I think that you know with his size and stuff, you know, I, I think he's still got a lot of un- untapped potential. I think Sharon Singer are, are a pretty decent tag team. You know, I think they have some potential there with that, but uh Heath and Rhino look like they're, they're going to be in that mix for the tag titles again. Like that, that's definitely the vibes I get from all this. Uh, they were, they've kind of been overlooked for a little while now and Heath had like a lot of time off from the company and, you know, Rhino do, doing the bond by design thing for a while. And now it looks like they're both on the same page and making a run towards uh towards maybe the tag team title picture. So I think that was kind of just the step in that direction tonight. And, you know, solid win with Rhino getting a spear. It's kind of a, or a gore. So you know, is kind of what you're, when you see Rhino wrestle, he did the things you kind of expect to see Rhino do. You know what I mean? And like it, it, it worked for what it needed to be for an opening match
2: tonight absolutely and going back to the commentary team you know they mentioned that this past week on impact they lost the number one contendership match to the briscoes and of course we know what happens later on that night or later on later on tonight uh and so now the story becomes heath and rhino wanting to reclimb the ranks of the tag team division and they want to start from the bottom so for whatever reason raj singh and shira are considered the bottom they get the victory to heath and rhino and it's a good story and we can move forward with Heath and Rhino as a rebuilding tag team. Uh, and they had a really good match this past week on Impact as well against the Briscoes. I do re- recommend going and checking that out. But yeah, I also, absolutely. also really want everyone, because it's a free match, to check out the triple threat that came next. Laredo Kid, Speedball Mike Bailey, Rich Swan. Earlier this week, we found out that Rich Swan's tag partner in Impact, Willie Mack, has decided to step away from Impact Wrestling. Uh, he, he's officially done. He's departed. He's taking bookings. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Willie Mack dominate the indies again. But I'm also really excited for Rich Swan to go off and do the singles route again. How are you feeling about uh, Willie Mack's departure? How are you feeling about Rich Swan? And then we can talk about this match and really dig into it because it was something else.
3: Yeah. So anyone who listens to anything that I do knows that I'm a massive fan of, of Willie Mack and I've wanted him to be pushed heavily for years with impact. And I was frustrated for a long time because I thought at this point, he should have definitely been at the very least in that world title mix. I think he has a lot to offer. He's, he's bringing something different to the table and he's so good in the ring and he's very charismatic. I loved his run in Lucha Underground, especially. Um, so You know, I think this will be great for Willie Mack because I think he'll wind up like better off from this. Like he'll probably wind up in like AEW or New Japan or, you know, just being, you know, main eventing all over the indies. Like he's going to be, I'm excited to see what happens with Willie Willie Mack next. Um, When it comes to Rich Swan, he's kind of a made man in Impact. Like Really, since the day he walked in there, he was treated as a world champion level guy. He's won their world championship. He's always in the upper mid card to main event scene, whether it's as a singles guy or a tag team wrestler. And tonight was definitely a uh, a real kind of like vote of confidence for him in a lot of ways because when you have uh, you know Laredo kid who who's consistently solid in, in everything that he does in the ring and Speedball Mike Bailey who has a ton of buzz right now, uh, a guy who I talk about often as being one of the best. In my opinion, just my own opinion, a lot of people disagree, but I think Speedball is one of the best overall pro wrestlers in the world right now. And when you have those two dudes in there and Rich Swan is the one getting the W, it really shows you like, okay, if they're going to be going with Swan again, pretty big time, I think, as a singles guy going forward. So uh, so yeah, that's how I feel about uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan right now. Willie Mack, very excited for his future outside of Impact. Rich Swan, excited for his future within Impact.
2: I will not disagree with you on speedball mike bailey the man is continuing to show people what they missed when he couldn't work the north or work within the u.s now he's making strides to become one of the best independent wrestlers of, of the last god knows how long he's definitely pulled his way beyond belief uh i and you know what i figured out that rich swan and and uh speedball they haven't had a one-on-one singles match yet and that's That's what I'm looking forward to watching in impact moving forward. And it looks like they're going to go that route because like you said, Swan got the win tonight, but he pinned Laredo kid. And speedball has been kept strong this entire time. So it feels like as Ace Austin, uh, we're going to talk about him in a little bit as he transitions towards the best of the super juniors, and he'll be probably away for a couple of weeks. We'll see Swan and speedball maybe take over the X division along with Trey Miguel, uh, who again, it might, Hopefully he doesn't get lost in the shuffle, but after tonight, when we get to that match, we'll talk about uh, where he might sit. But uh, again, Triple Threat, so worth watching. A lot of fun. You got Swan getting this Phoenix Splash on Laredo Kid, gets the win. Um, There was just, again, things all over the place. I do want to shout out Speedball hitting a twisting suplex on Laredo Kid and then turning it into a figure four on Rich Swan. That was incredible stuff. Little, Little things like that make me love Speedball even more.
3: That was an incredible spot because not because he it all made so much sense because he needed to do the twisting suplex so he could also twist Rich Swan on the ground to roll him into the right position. So, like, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Like, and there were spots in this match, too, where, like, they were, yeah, I mean, they're jumping over the top ropes and flipping all over the place. And, I mean, this was just good stuff. And there, were, there was multiple times I thought the match was going to be over where I was like, oh, Mike Bailey's setting up for the ultimate weapon and never was able to hit it. Rich One set up for the Phoenix Flash a few times. Rado Kid, you know, doing everything he does. It was, yeah, this was a really good match. And honestly, this was maybe, I mean, there was a lot of good matches on this show. There really was. This, this was one of my favorite, maybe two or three matches I, I think on on the whole show. But I also, this is just very much my type of wrestling. Like uh, I have Rebellion that, uh, like the X Division Triple Threat was like my favorite match on that show too. You know what I mean? Like I, this is just very much in my wheelhouse as a wrestling fan. And uh yeah and and Mike Bailey was supposed to wrestle Alex Shelley, right? That was supposed to be on this show. Um Yeah.
2: That and was out of nowhere kind of changed.
3: Yeah, I think Alex Alex Shelley didn't make the show for some reason. I haven't like looked into it, but this was a pretty good consolation to like put Bailey into this match. Um and it worked out really well. I I thought this match was great
2: yeah overall good match and again it's free it was on the pre-show so if you didn't actually see under siege you can just go back and watch this match with speedball and uh, rich swan and laredo kid uh we move on to the main card the opening contest and I, and again this is why i was a little confused as to why this wasn't the match on the pre-show and that triple threat we just talked about opening up the show but i guess i get it madison rain with tenille dashwood took on giselle shaw with uh with lish i completely forgotten about alicia i'm sorry alicia uh I was the whole time wondering who Giselle Shaw could maybe team up with and start a run to the knockouts tag division with. uh, And I guess it's going to be Alicia Edwards. So either way, Madison rain, Giselle Shaw have a match that I was uh, somewhat low expectation, but ended up really delivering Giselle Shaw uh, is definitely speaking my language. Now she is really a really good wrestler and she's been around for a while as I found out.
3: Yeah. So, I think she's she's definitely a great piece to the, uh, to the knockouts division. Like, they have a really stacked division from top to bottom. And something that I think that they do really well is being able to introduce new female talent into the mix and making them important, like, within a really stacked landscape, if that makes sense. Like, they're pretty good. Like, even, like, Marsha Slamovich, I think she has so much unpa- untapped potential like i am such a big Marshall slamovich fan and it's i feel like from the beginning it was like okay she may not get like a massive push yet but there's like signs there that she's going to and once you hit that kind of upper echelon of like jordan grace and Gianna Parazzo, and um i mean they're just countless i mean now taya valkyrie and there's so many others tasha steels mickey james once you hit like that level of, of like these these female wrestlers like You know, there's a lot of really cool cool things you can do. A lot of good wrestling you're gonna get, and I think that Shaw is um, kind of a long term project for Impact. Like, she's not super well known to like the mainstream wrestling audience, so she's gonna be looked at very much so like an Impact homegrown to most fans. So like, that's that's a good thing. They're they're creating new stars on their roster, and uh, this was a good good uh, step in the right direction for her uh, coming off that win tonight.
2: I'll shout out commentary again. Tom Hannafin at the top of the match mentioning that this, this whole feud started in a four way at the multiverse of matches that happened back in uh, Dallas at WrestleMania weekend where Madison rain pinned Giselle Shaw and retained the knockouts tag championships. And ever since then, Giselle Shaw keeps running into Madison rain on TV and that's kind of building this feud for the knockouts tag titles. I'm a big fan of that. And Shaw pins Madison rain with the flash knee. So we're getting uh, the involvement of Alicia and Tennille during the match as well. There's some really good stuff, including, I don't know if you saw this, but this reverse Canadian destroyer, that Madison rain hit on Shaw, who then sells her neck. Like it's broken. Insane.
3: That's great. That's great. That's great stuff.
2: Yeah. Could not say it any better. It was good. Good match. uh, Good opener. And then we move into a match that, Oh boy, Steve Macklin, and Chris Sabin, I knew what to expect, and I was just the It was great. It was it was way above my expectations. Uh, Steve Macklin, by the way, sat down with Sean Rossap for an interview today ahead of Under Siege. That'll be released sooner than later. Either way, Macklin, Sabin, what do you want to say? And then we'll really dig in. So I love the matchup.
3: I love both wrestlers. Uh, Steve Macklin, you know, we talk about often how he's just. I don't even want to call it overperforming at this point because that's just become the norm. Like you, now you just you know, Steve Macklin's going to put on a great performance every time. He's been solid against everyone he's wrestled and Impact, whether they're heavyweight or X division or however you want to look at it. it doesn't matter the size of his opponent, uh, the skill set of his opponent. He he does a really good job of just being able to play to his own strengths while also playing to the strengths of his opponents. Just having really, really, really good matches consistently. And Chris Saban, you know, he's been the he's he's in an interest interest i can't say it, interesting spot with impact because it's like he's a perennial like main event level guy but then also a tag team guy like when available so it's like you know it, it's one of those things where like you want you want to see them almost go all the way with saving as a singles guy but then it's like when the tag team stuff is available he's in that mix and then he can always be a part of the division. so he's he's like it's a it's a really good position to be in like don't get me wrong like it, it, but it's also one of those things where like it kind of looked like they were going to go all the way with Macklin too with how he's been presented so for Saban to beat him one-on-one like clean tonight I don't want to say it was like surprising and it definitely wasn't an upset you know what I mean but it was like okay well Saban gets the win like I, that's totally fine but like does this lead to Saban being more in like the world title mix because if you're getting those kind of wins you got to kind of stay in a certain spot in the company in my opinion and macklin he'll rebound just fine because like i said he's knocked it out of the park in everything that he's done in impact wrestling but i kind of expected macklin to win this one only because of the trajectory he's been on and uh but once again this is a win-win scenario these are two great wrestlers and they had a great match I, i have no complaints with this one
2: so i i put in my notes do you want to get a guy over you get chris saban and he's gonna do it and then meanwhile steve macklin when he came into Impact, what's the first thing he did? He grounded the X-Division. He was the guy who took a lot of the X-Division competitors, especially Trey Miguel, had a really good feud with him and grounded Miguel, who was champion at the time. And we talk about Trey Miguel's uh, X-Division run not being the best. However, his stuff with Macklin was great because it was totally different. It wasn't just high-flying X-Division work, which is great, but like that's not Macklin's style. He becomes to be, or he, he, beca- he became became This like brawling, technical guy who can get you heat and move into these bigger feuds. And that was the thing with this Chris Saban match. I was expecting Macklin to get the win like most were, but I also think that Macklin's going to use this to drive him to whatever comes next. And if that could be uh, against the world champion, that could be whatever it is that's going to build him further. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Saban gets Macklin with Cradle Shock DDT. Uh, Saban, by the way, has the best baby face fire comebacks in the business bar none don't even question it it's so good
3: yeah great stuff from both guys like you said saving the someone with the cradle shock which is still a great finishing move he's been doing it forever but like that that's one where like you hit that and you just you don't want to see people kicking out of it this is just a great finisher super believable and i, and I agree with you like both guys are going to be fine coming off of this like macklin losing this isn't going to really hurt him at all um, and I am interested to see, like, maybe like you said, this is kind of like some sort of like breaking point for him where like, you know, he takes this loss. And hey, maybe they run this back at the next big show that they do. I mean, I'd be fine with that. I don't know what they have between now and Slammiversary. There's Nothing. probably oh, there's not even another. All
2: night because the Slammiversary is next month. It's June. That's right. So everything now is just TV, which can be good or bad with impact. We know how the TV is. Some people watch, some people don't. but. It's uh, yeah, there there are no more Impact Plus events. It's just the pay per view is next. So whatever they're doing to do to get from TV to Slammiversary, they really have to push it big and get people really invested in it.
3: That's interesting because usually you have a bit more space between these big shows, and you know they could run this. I'm generally not a fan of like you know just running the same matches over and over and over again. But when it's these kind of wrestlers and they can put on such great matches with one another. I mean, I'd be fine with them running this back on like an impact, like leading into slam or having them wrestle again at slam or maybe some sort of stipulation match or I don't know, but these guys have good chemistry and this is really good stuff. And I, I want to see Steve Macklin continue to rise up the card, but I'm fine with Chris Saban being towards the top of the card still, you know, so it, it's, this worked out great all, all the way around in my opinion. And once again, Saban with the win with the cradle shock, there's really no like, You know what I mean? No one's going to look at Steve Macklin and be like, oh, this guy sucks now. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, he lost to, like, an Impact Legend, you know, one-on-one. Big deal. Like, dust yourself off. Move on, you know?
2: Yeah. Highly competitive match, too, where Macklin had control throughout most of it. And he just got caught at the end. That was really all it came down to. So, again, a really good match. Uh, Folks, if you're here, go ahead, leave a thumbs up. And uh, don't forget, donate your Super Chats and your Hubbard Chats. Get your question statement right on the air. I know y'all have lots to say about this show, and we want to give you All that you want to hear about and talk about. So let's move on to the AAA Arena to Reina's championship match. Deanna Purrazzo, Taya Valkyrie. I, for one, am ready for this to be done with. I'm ready for Deanna and Taya's little mini feud to be done. And I'll tell you why a little bit later when we get to the Knockouts championship match. But for what this was, I loved watching Deanna and Taya go round two. To me, it wasn't as good as their first match, but it was still a strong one. My number one thing with Diana Perazzo. And this is not even a Diana criticism. This is actually her theme music. I love her theme. I hate the sound quality of her theme music. It sounds like it was mixed in mono and someone had to redo it in stereo. And I I will say now, Matt Coon, I know you did the theme. You hype it up all the time. So this isn't exactly me, I'm not calling you out. I would love for you to remix Deanna Prazo's theme in a higher quality. That's all I want because it sounds great. That's my number one issue with Diana Uh She wore this fair. Pants. I was gonna say that that's fair Go. coming from someone who's you know
3: in in the music space. Like th- those are the kind of right. things that like you're going to catch. And um, yeah, I mean. And bo- I honestly hadn't really paid too much attention to that, but now it's going to bother me because I'll be listening for it.
2: <laughs> and then also, like, juxtaposed to Ty Valkyrie's new theme, and uh, it was Josiah Williams who did that theme. So, like, there there is a big difference in the sound quality and just the soundscape of it. And again, they're both really good themes. They're both very different, but they just need to be remixed. They just, or not both, sorry, Diana's needs to be remixed. Ty's is fine. It sounds great. Uh, so that, that's just my one nitpick. Uh, Deanna wearing the same yellow gear that she wore on Dynamite this past week which was an homage to her Ring of Honor debut which I really enjoyed so I'll shout that out again and then of course it became Stomp Night very much enjoyed that uh, yeah go, go ahead Give me. Give well, me I was gonna
3: say, well, yeah, I'll pull these up real quick because this is like perfect timing I mean Volley B with uh <laughs>
2: Vol- oh. <yes. laughs>
3: so yeah uh, as always good to see you in here seeing a lot of these uh, these live chats that we do says i thought i was the only one going crazy about the sound of Gianna's theme so it isn't just a joel thing this is this something that's being picked up by uh by the impact fan base and uh this also pertains to this joel to play Gianna's remade track joel would you have
2: interest in uh in taking that on Matt Coon, give me a call we can work on something but i know he's also really good at this so this is not even a question of like playing on theme it's really just opening it up and making it sound more high fidelity that's really all it is it is a mix problem but he'll get it he'll get it done if he gets this information he's a hey, great
3: guy he might get this information because i know impact was watching the last stream when me and denise did our um rebellion stream their impact youtube was in the comments so oh,
2: that's if, awesome if,
3: if you are watching uh again tonight impact uh we love the show we we consistently love the show and consistently promote the show and support the show um but yeah
2: we got little criticisms here or there but you know, it's just because we want the show to be a little bit better. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and again, I see like in the chat classical fits your nickname. It's a great theme. It just needs, it, it, we're harping on it too long, but it, it just needs to be, it just needs to sound better. That's all it is. It's It's—it's an oral thing. A-U-R-A-L. So let's talk about the match. Give me your thoughts. Uh, I talked about stomp central. Go ahead. So
3: I'll tell you, obviously it, it's going to always be good when it's these two, right? I mean, two of the best in the world of what they do, but I, uh, I'll tell you what kind of my gripes about the match. And that's, I feel like Deanna hit her with everything. Like she, she hit her with the Queen's Gambit. She had her in like the, the kind of rings of Saturn type of, she does like the arm bar, but when she gets both arms back behind them. And like Ty, and granted, like I didn't expect Ty to lose going into this. I expected her to retain the, the triple a to here. But it just kind of felt like at the end, like, like diana hit her with everything and diana is so good and she was so protected for so long with impact and then for ty just to like beat her with a roll-up after kind of getting beat up so much at the end i didn't love i didn't love that um you know but once again these aren't this isn't this this isn't things i can put blame on like diana and ty over this is just the way that the book that this was booked yeah as the finish but um but i also agree that it's probably a good time to kind of wrap this up and have the two of them move on to new things and i think we're going to both be on the same page as to why when we get to like the knockout stuff i think i think i kind of know where you're going with some of that uh, that you're kind of alluding to a second ago um but uh but yeah i and i also imagine this isn't the last time we're going to see these two wrestle each other i mean this is going to be um this this will be ongoing for probably quite some time because it can also stretch to other companies, you know, in other countries. I mean, they can, they can run this in, in Mexico at AAA. They can run this in impact in the States. They can potentially run this in AEW. They can, they could potentially run this on the Indies. I mean, there's a lot of places that this match can, can take place. And, uh, and I agree, this wasn't like the best match. I I do think their, their, uh, match before this was better than the match we saw tonight, but I mean, still two of the best in the world of what they do. So. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we saw it. And I just wasn't I just wasn't huge on the finish because I once again I just feel like Deanna hit her with everything she had and then tie it with just like a roll up at the end. I wish it would have been a little bit more than that.
2: Yeah, the roll up was kind of anticlimactic. Um the the one thing that was cool was yeah, so Deanna hitting the Queen's Gambit was was it was a little rough looking and then it was a two count and commentary putting over the fact that no one's ever kicked out of it. Of the queen's gambit so you know there was a big sell for that and i was i was a big fan of that uh they kept doing the armbar spot into the venus De milo the two the two arms wrenched back i thought that was a uh, good a good good storytelling and it just so many stomps and then the match finishes and then diana clocks Taya with the triple a title and locks in the venus De milo and then the lights go out and then we turn them up and mia yim is back with impact wrestling First of all, the entrance was fire. Having them, uh, the, the kitties on stage with the helmets and everything and all the black, it was great. And, and Mia Yim looked great. Uh, shout out to Laredo Kids Select, who uh, spoiled that earlier on his social media. <laughs> and of course, on FIFA Select, we have a little bit more information. We guess we can spill it now. She signed a deal, has Mia Yim with Impact. It's not a one-off. She was very selective of her appearances post-WWE. Go and subscribe to FIFA Select. We'll keep dropping them scoops all day, all night, whenever you need them. They're there. And then... Let's just get these super chats right now. First of all, Wrestling Revolution X, so welcome home, Mia Yim, absolutely. And uh, Myron Kid pointing out impact may have the best women's division in the business. And I think that there's absolutely a lot of truth to that. And that's been for a long time, Steven Jensen.
3: I agree. And that's another thing I you know talk about quite a bit. And you know, when you look at WWE, when you look at all their brands, you know, they have the best collection, I think, of women's talent over the course of or the, the whole span of, you know, NXT UK, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Like when you put all of them together, it's like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're loaded with talent, but a uh, shout out to wrestling covers on Twitter. Um, who's always tweeting about impact wrestling. He's, he's not one of those fair weather weather impact fans. that just <laughs> pops up every now and then he's live tweeting everything impact does. And he tweeted earlier, I'm going to read this out. He said current impact knockouts division. And he just listed the names Taya, Madison Rain, Teneal, Mia Yim, Savannah Evans, Alicia, uh, Chelsea, Deana, Rosemary Havoc, Shaw, Jordan Grace, Lady Frost, Masha Slamovich, Mickey James, Taya, and Sue Young. I mean, that's a that's wow. a solid division. And they're gonna continually add more women into that. Like, because that's another thing. It isn't just that they're able to add more women in and like know what to do with them. It's they also lose top women. Sometimes. And it's like, you know, that's how you continue to thrive is like when you lose. I don't want to like sit here and just like name names of, of wrestlers that they lose. But like when you lose certain big time wrestlers, boom, here's some more that we've built. Let's, let's keep it going. And, you know, we could talk about how in the men's division, they they, they do that as well. I just think they're just less. They're a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for. They're not as fast to push a lot of the men's talent into the into the title picture as I feel like they do with the women, if that makes any sense. Like yeah, it does. Like, you know, it feels like a lot of like the the men in those positions, it just takes them a lot longer to get to those points. But if you're a woman on that show and you've got buzz and you're having great matches, like you have a real chance to like rise up that card quickly. Um, so uh so yeah, I mean. Impact's got a hell of a knockout division and they all, they always have. Uh, I mean, you could go back to like the early 2000s. They, they, the real women's revolution started with, you know, awesome Kong versus Gail Kim, as far yep. as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? So that was a long time ago now. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to Impact's knockouts division. And, um, yeah, and we got more and, and shout out to, to, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about, a uh, underwhelming, underwhelming run, you know, in, in WWE and, um you know she she was great in impact before she went to WWE, and now she's returned to impact she's got a really good spot there and that's probably the best place for her right now and that also leaves it open to her doing stuff outside of impact whether it be on the indies or maybe some other companies so she's gonna be just
2: fine now so uh yeah really good stuff mia yim and diana perrazzo looks like where it's where we're gonna start uh, I am a little conflicted because I don't necessarily want to see Perazzo keep getting losses. Yeah. And I also want to see Mia Yim built strongly on her way in. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do with it. But I'm uh, a little apprehensive because this is going to be the first, um, the most likely the first feud unless they do some sort of tag thing with Taya and Yim against Diana and who knows who. So I guess we'll have to find out and see
3: yeah yeah and, and, and trust me I'm, I'm right with you there when it comes to diana like i don't want to see her losing as often as what we've been seeing and i have to imagine that mia yim will probably beat diana i'm assuming that'll be at slam reversary because Mia's going to come in with a lot of hype and she's very good i mean you know she's going to deserve her her spot towards the top there right off the bat but we also want to keep Deanna in a in a certain spot as well because she as i said earlier has been so well protected over the last couple of years in impact that you don't want to kind of wash a lot of, a, a lot of that away um she's been losing more often than she's been winning lately and that's been kind of a weird thing to see uh as as someone who's or as, as both of us you know following her since her impact debut so uh but yeah w- once again it's kind of a good problem to have though because it's like you got so much talent that like some people are going to win, some people are going to lose, but I, I don't want it to become too much of a regular thing to see Deanna lose. I'm, I'm with you there for sure.
2: I have a feeling at Slammiversary, we're not going to see a one-on-one match for the Knockouts Women's Championship. I think it's going to be a uh, a multi-person match of some sorts. And Mia Yim will be included. Deanna Praz will be included. Obviously, Tasha Steele will be included. Uh, we'll find out as we get closer. But if I had to put money on it, I think the Women's Knockouts title match, that will be the multiple-person match. Yeah,
3: I think you're right. That would make sense.
2: As we move on, Wrestling Revolution X, thank you for the super chat, saying it's time for the Impact Knockouts to have their own one-hour show. Uh, I wouldn't be against it. I mean, if you made uh, BTI a one-hour knockout show, I wouldn't be against that either. Do something, maybe make it a Twitch exclusive. Come on, Impact, go back to Twitch so that we can show your, your events on our Twitch channel. Bring it that, back.
3: There's enough, talent. there's enough talent there that you can do it um it really is and this is one of I don't want to say one of the few companies I could but it kind of is one of the few companies I could like that list that I just read out you you could you could do that with for sure I mean WWE could as well could you know if they really wanted to other companies could do it um but impact I that's you know I I would imagine impacts probably considered that um and they probably should do something like that even if it's just um even it's just like the occasional special event show, but you get it like once every few months or something like that. Like I, the talent's there. So I'm, I'm with you. That was from a wrestling revolution X, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah that's that makes
2: sense. Let's move on. Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Division title. It's a little bit of a rematch. Uh, Ace Austin's going to participate in the new Japan best of the super juniors next week in Japan. That was a big, 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 uh, point of not a contention but a big point made in the match by commentary along with the fact that trey miguel is 10 and 1 in singles matches and has not been defeated in singles in over a year steven jensen trey miguel your favorite wrestler of all time succumbing to ace austin tonight
3: okay so i actually i love trey miguel like i really do the what joel is jabbing at me about is that i'm not a huge fan of the meteor as a finisher now it's been explained to me finally why he uses the move and i'll say it right here on the show he was handed it to him by shima which is like okay this i wish they would explain that more like on impact commentary and stuff um and also trey explained you know why the move hurts so badly and stuff joel got a video of him at a indie show not too long ago that was direct messages direct message to me so (laughs) i know i know trey's feelings on why he uses that move and i have a deeper understanding of it now that all said I'm a big Trey fan. I think he's fantastic. He is a great wrestler, and I feel the same way about Ace Austin. Uh, I've talked about both of these guys as guys that I think should have been more heavily uh, featured and pushed over the last few years. And two, these are two guys that should be impact world champion level guys. Um, each of them probably should have had a run with that title belt by now, uh, in my opinion. This match was great. This was my favorite match of the whole night, as a matter of fact. Um, I I love these two guys. They have great chemistry with one another. You could run this match a hundred times. I watch it every time. Uh, These two guys are great. And Ace Austin winning, I'm totally fine with because, you know, he just won the title. And I want to see Ace Austin get a real run with this belt because the first two times he had it, he had it and, like, there were decent runs, but then he would lose it and just get completely lost in the mix again. I'm hoping they use this title reign to actually Push him to a point of hopefully the option C situation, and like get him use this to get Ace Austin into the world title picture because it has been a long time coming. In my opinion, it's overdue, and I feel the same way about Trey. So what we need to do now is let Ace Austin do his thing and go on to have like a great title run. Just keep racking up big wins against top top opponents. Just keep having great matches, great stories, and have Trey do the same. Just with somebody else and have him win a big feud and get him kind of back up towards that level so i thought this match ruled um exhibition is, is in great hands right now and i got no problem with ace Austin winning big fan of both of these guys
2: absolutely by the way i will shout out Trey miguel as well he's always been a great sport when i uh, ran into him at that show in toronto he was nothing but gracious and took everything with a big big laugh because he said to me he does listen to a lot of the impact shows, post shows that are out there, and uh, he, he knows that uh, some people are um, not necessarily big fans of the Meteora as his finishing maneuver, but he, like I said, and like Steven said, had an explanation that made perfect sense being gifted the move from someone that he looked up to and trained with and would get literally given to him after a match where he worked with Shima uh, it was really cool for Trey Miguel. And so uh, it's good to see Trey having a lot of fun and impact, having good matches. Ace Austin having a resurgence as X-Division champion. I want to see him go really, go far enough in Best of the Super Juniors. I don't think anyone's expecting him to win the entire thing, but I think we're expecting uh, some, some really cool things to come from Ace Austin's j- uh, Japanese excursion and experience. Uh, the match itself, I mean, good chemistry. These two... Uh, there's a lot of trash talk from Ace throughout the match. Trey just kept going back, kept going for more. Ace Austin just ramming Trey's face into the mat to break up. a, uh, a Trey's float over suplex into a front face. Uh, it's like a front face dragon sleeper. Little things like that just really tell a good story in the match. And even at the beginning of the match, it was a lot of in and out, risk control, different exchanges that's different for the X Division. And I really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, and of course, inevitably, after the slap fight, Ace Austin gets the win and uh takes trey out with the fold trey landed on his high neck and eats the pin
3: yes yeah the fold is a great move too just because the way he hits it like he hits it with such speed and momentum that like it always looks like a great way to end a match and i loved i I really loved the spots where like they were out on the ring apron and they were doing like handstands and stuff to like avoid each other's moves and then like hitting stuff off i mean these guys are just super innovative and I I can't wait to see what Ace Austin does in New Japan. Just anywhere he can just get his name out there more is a good thing. And it's one of those things, too, where when you see Ace Austin on an indie show, that's when I started really, like, seeing how great he was, was, was like, when he'd pop up on the indies. Because he would stand out amongst, like, super talents. Like, you'd you'd watch these indie shows of people you knew we're going to be big stars over time, and like he would be the one you'd you'd be talking about after the after the show, and be like, "Damn, you see it? Ace Austin, we're one of the best wrestlers on this whole damn thing." And like, why is it impact doing more with this dude? You know, that was always my thing. Um, so yeah, I, these guys both rule. Uh, great match, and Ace Austin as as division champion. Like this, these are all good things. Everything about this is good, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And when he has to defend that championship at uh, Slammiversary, I'm expecting a very, very fun match, whatever it's going to be, because Ace Austin does put on some really good matches. Speaking of which, I don't know what I expected, but uh, Honor No More versus Bullet Club, I've been watching these two teams jaw jack and fight each other for weeks on TV and in other realms. And all of a sudden they're having this match on Under Siege and it ended up being a really good match. Uh, i was shocked first of all it was vincent kenny king matt taven mike bennett eddie edwards and then maria Canellis wearing the most sparkliest of sparkle sparkles mm-hmm. uh and then <laughs> they took on the good brothers uh chris bay uh jay white and of course the returning elp which by the way if you know where i can get that elp hoodie that he was wearing on the way down to the ring please dm me at joel pearl because i've been looking for it forever elp if you are watching i really want that hoodie and i want to know where to get it uh match opens with a big brawl to start and I gotta say, before I throw to you, Steven Jensen, I am gonna give it to the announce team once again. Tom Hannafin is a treasure for Impact. He does his homework and he knows how to do this style of announcing because he has the that, that WWE experience of selling. He brought that to Impact with him because he's explaining the story of Bullet Club's recent reinvigoration in Japan while telling it alongside the Impact influence of it. They talk about Gorillas of Destiny being kicked out by Jay White At Impact, no surrender. They talk about the Good Brothers coming back at Slammiversary. They talk about how Bullet Club has been part of Impact for the last few years. And I really, really dig that because I was getting sick of of Good Brothers for the last little while. I don't know about you, but it was getting real long in the tooth. But this match definitely reinvigorated my appreciation for Good Brothers and my enjoyment of Bullet Club as a whole in Impact. Go ahead. Talk to me.
3: Yeah, so Bullet Club is at its most interesting right now as it's been like in a long time in my opinion like the last few years um i totally agree with you about Gall- gallows and anderson um you know i they just just seemed really lost in the mix and like i think they're funny guys like when it comes to like talking a mania and like listening to them just like kind of kick back and like just talk to each other and stuff and interviews and stuff like they seem like good dudes but like they just come off to me as wrestlers as just like I just can't put my finger on it. There's just something missing there that, like, it's just kind of—I don't want to say boring, but like, it's just kind of—I don't know. It's just kind of underwhelming. I don't—I guess that's the best way. I mean, I'm wearing their shirt right now, for, <laughs> for, for, for I mean, I, I like these guys. You know what I mean? But like, um, but if i'm being honest i've always said this like i like carl anderson as a singles guy like you know and i think that like gallows as like a bodyguard for him i think that that would work really really well now they're very established as a tag team so i understand like the the spots that they get and like the matches that they're in and stuff like i'm not necessarily you know complaining about anything i'm just kind of saying i understand what you're saying about gallows and anderson and i think a lot of the fan base recognizes that as well um now the only thing about this match I didn't like was I really think the Bullet Club should have won. And that's just because they are, they, especially when you're looking at like what's happening in New Japan, like they're being really re-energized in New Japan as a stable. And I feel like there is potential there to keep them strong in the States. And a lot of that would have to have to do with them staying strong and impact as a group. They mentioned on commentary as well that this is the first time in Impact Wrestling that a Bullet Club, uh, the Bullet Club has lost a match that was like three members or more all wrestling together. (laughs) Yeah,
2: a little bit of a reach. It was a little bit of a reach, but it was a statistic worth mentioning.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but but the point being, you know, because they didn't want to be like, well, the Bullet Club's never lost because obviously they have, but it's like, hey, in these group matches though, you know what I mean? So I, I like that they threw that out there to make it seem like, this doesn't happen often. This is the first time we've seen seen something like this happen. Um, but once again, just because this is also, I always call Jay White the key, to for, the key to the forbidden door. And why I always say that is because he can really pop up anywhere. And if Bullet Club can stay strong in impact, and Jay White is also popping up in AEW, it keeps Bullet Club looking stronger in AEW so that you can have inevitably eventually do something with like the the elite and the Bullet Club on AEW, but for anyone to care, the Bullet Club has to look strong. And so, that all said, though, Honor and War is a very solid stable as well. And I, I, this is the best, most interesting stuff I've seen Eddie Edwards do in years, uh, being a part of that group. And I like every performer in this match. So, like, I don't have any real issue with it outside of I think Bullet Club probably should have won, but we're also talking about impact wrestling within impact wrestling. So they may have plans within their company that are more kind of skewed towards we need honor or more to look strong because of what we have planned for them next in our own company. And that's understandable too, because at the end of the day impact needs to look out for themselves and they can't be, they can't book all their things thinking like, well, this may affect their overness in like new Japan or AEW. Like they gotta, they gotta do what's best for them. And right now maybe honor or more, being in, in that kind of in a, maybe a better spot and winning this match is what's best for impact in the short term. So um that's kind of how I feel about it, I guess.
2: Let's also not forget good brothers. Uh, if, if the reports are to be true, their deals are about to be up with impact wrestling. Uh ELP is not an impact wrestling assigned talent. Jay White is also not impact wrestling signed talent. Chris Bay is the only member of bullet club who has some sort of, deal with impact wrestling as far as we know so he's the one who who really came from impact into bullet club through this whole thing uh and then on the honor more on the honor no more side they're more ingrained with impact as a whole uh than anyone else in bullet club so i think what you're saying is is right it is about what impact is doing and not necessarily what's going on outside of the impact bubble in this case. Um, I do want to point out a couple of things before. I know, friends, I know we're going to talk about back rankomania. mania We're going to get there. Don't <laughs> worry. Calm down. I know. Uh, but first of all, Chris Bay, going back to him, he needs to be in Japan. I want to see him in Japan for the Bullet Club stuff. I want to see that uh, as soon as possible. I do want to give it up to the crowd. They were big on Jay White and Matt Taven when they got into the ring for the first time. They got the reference to Supercard and how Matt Taven says that he sold out uh, the Madison Square Garden. But really, Jay White had a huge match that night for New Japan, whereas Matt Taven's Ring of Honor match, you know, there was a big, big uh, juxtaposition of of each uh, company's matches at that supercard event at madison square garden so the crowd really got into the throwback it was good stuff um all right let's talk about let's talk about back raking
3: just 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 really quickly before i just want to throw this out there i i think it's kind of random but the, i saw some chemistry there with elp and chris bay like them as a tag team i think could be interesting yes so
2: Let's do that. Let's do that for the Junior Tag Championships. I like it. I think I'm a big fan of that. Because the the, the current uh, Impact Tag Champions are probably not going to be a good match for Chris Bay and ELP. But I would like to see that in New Japan with Chris Bay and ELP. I like it. Let's do it. Backrakes. Let's talk about backbreaks. This whole thing leading up to just a whole bunch of backraking. ELP does it by doing a bunch of kick up, flip up, kip up, trolls, and then does the backbreak. Bay starts playing guitar and does a stupid, stupid air guitar thing and then back rake all of these to Matt Taven. And then they do a three man back rake after Jay White goes to the top rope and then helps himself, helps himself down. And then Gallows does the big man taunt back rake. And then carl anderson comes in goes for the machine gun taunt gets stopped by honor or more and then we're doing the whole thing and by the way shout out to matt taven who comes in wearing gloves and does a stupid back rake on mike, on carl uh, anderson i don't know who mike anderson is sorry but carl anderson gets a back break from matt taven what the hell was that and i loved it well
3: you pretty much explained it all i don't know i can't really add too much to that um that's just kind of the the shenanigans and hijinks you may see sometimes uh, when it comes to the Bullet Club.
2: So, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, Honor No Moore defeats Bullet Club. Uh, Mike Bennett pins. Carl Anderson after the Proton Pack from uh, the Kingdom and that's it. I'm I guess that's it for for Bullet Club versus Honor No More. It's time to move that along. Uh and yeah, that, that's that's it. I don't have anything to add from that. I do want to know what's going to go on next with PCO because he's kind of slowly distancing himself from Honor No More and becoming his own thing after he defeated Jonah this past week on Impact. Uh what do we think? PCO maybe next for uh for a World Championship opportunity? Maybe. I could see it happening, but I, I definitely have
3: noticed as well that like PCO is definitely distancing himself from the rest of the group. And he's also been used as kind of like a special attraction and impact, which I think has been smart. I think they I think it's really smart for companies to pick and choose uh kind of their spots with uh with PCO because like I feel like every time that man wrestles, it's going to be the last time I'm going to watch him wrestle. Like, I feel like, like every single time <laughs> yeah. I'm like, eventually one of these, it's going to go wrong. Eventually one of these times, like, but, in, but, you know, it doesn't. And I, I'm grateful for that. Cause I don't want anyone going out there and getting hurt and stuff like that. But it's like, he's just such an anomaly of a, of a wrestler with his age and what he's put his body through, even just the way he moves. Like he looks like he has a hard time just kind of walking around, but then he'll do a, you know a moonsault and land on the ring apron land like neck first you know and just like just get up and just keep doing it again so um I could see PCO maybe getting in kind of that upper upper you know kind of tier of the card um and uh there was one more thing oh I was gonna also mention I I really like the pro time proton pack finisher by the way I, I probably don't give that enough love when I talk about uh Taven and Bennett but that's uh that's a great finishing move but uh but yeah, is that what you think? You think PCO may be kind of going towards the world title mix?
2: I think so, but I don't think it's Slammiversary. I think if anything, they'll do it afterwards or they'll build something because PCO beating Jonah was a big deal. And of course, we found out this week, Jonah has also finished up his six-month commitment to to Impact for now. Uh, so I could see PCO at least starting to really build in the ranks. But uh, for now, not Slammiversary, but certainly sooner than later.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could, uh, I could, I could see something like that maybe. And and like you said with Jonah, it also made a lot more sense. I mean, obviously we knew, you know, Ishi heading into this match with with um, Josh Alexander tonight. A big part of that was that Ishi beat Jonah at Rebellion, and that's what kind of put him into this position. But it was also kind of surprising. I mean, I'm a huge Ishi fan, as we're going to talk about with the, with the main event. But I was surprised when Ishi beat Jonah at Rebellion because of uh what we had seen between jonah and pco and and just kind of the way that jonah has been built as like this monster in impact wrestling since uh starting there but then it made a lot more sense when it was like oh he's actually wrapped up with the company so it was perfect time to have ishi get that win and put ishi into this position and it also still looked great because once again jonah was built up really great as well so um so yeah i'm with you i think i think it all kind of makes a lot of sense
2: folks Go ahead, leave a thumbs up if you're here watching us here youtube.com slash fightful. If you're in the audio realm at Fightful Pods, go ahead, drop a five-star review. Why won't you? Ah, right, go ahead. It's good for you. You'll you'll like it. And you can also donate a super chat like our friend Kai, who says backbreak city better than suplex city. My God, I agree with that. And your Humper Chats at Humperchats.com will also get your question or statement read on the air as we move towards the knockouts championship, Tasha Steals and Havoc unfortunately not uh, a match that the crowd was super into uh not a match that had much going for it compared to the other women's matches on the card uh tasha Steeles continues to impress but it's time to move her into a much bigger feud in my opinion but i guess i mean the story here steven jensen was that savannah evans was not with tasha Steeles. she was kidnapped by rosemary on impact this past week and is stuck in the shadow realm or the dark realm somewhere so what do we do? Tasha steals havoc. Talk to me about the match and please get me, get, get me away from, from havoc and Rosemary, get me to Tasha steals versus someone that people are going to like. Cause Tasha deserves that. Yeah. So I, I, so
3: rebellion with her, with Tasha beating Rosemary, um, you know, I'll be honest. And for anyone who watched my, my review with Denise that night, me and Denise both agreed. We just didn't think it was a very good match. And like Tasha being the champion of such a prestigious title belt in this company that has such a great knockouts division when you're holding that title belt like you you gotta bring it and it isn't it's on both wrestlers right like it, it takes two to, to put on a great match and i just don't think it really delivered against rosemary and then they had the tag team match to set this up because havoc havoc pin tasha in a tag match kind of leading into this on impact and so this this matchup made sense to do storyline wise and everything um i'll say this i thought that this match was was significantly better than the rosemary match and it isn't because i think that like havoc is better than rosemary or vice versa i liked the dynamic kind of with like the different size and style between both wrestlers where tasha really had to like break down havoc and then like even when she would hit her with some pretty big stuff havoc would like kick out at one pretty forcefully so like she had to she had to really really work to get that win. And she had to hit some, some big moves. Like she did a stratisfaction that I thought looked really good. Um, And the finish looked really good too. The way she, she planted her out on the end at the end of the match. And it's like, so I thought this match was better than the rebellion match, but when you're, and once again, this kind of plays to what you were talking about earlier in the show that I think you were kind of getting at is it's going to be hard to really shine as the top of the division when you're also on a card, with women like Taya and Deanna, and that's going to get the majority of the spotlight on the show when it comes to these women's matches. Is that kind of where you're going with that earlier?
2: Yeah, 100%. When you have Taya and Deanna and now Mia Yim, and they are not feuding for your main championship, Um I don't want to say that that speaks volumes, but it certainly shows that you're maybe you're expecting um a little bit from your knockouts champion that can't be delivered. Uh, the expectations are maybe higher than expected. And then she, she has to have a a caliber opponent, a high caliber opponent like Taya or Diana or Mia Yim to bring up her championship reign. That is probably the best thing that they could do for Tasha because she is more than capable. She cuts great promos. She is great in the ring, but when they continuously put her with, uh, with wrestlers who are very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that Havoc and Rosemary aren't great wrestlers because they really are, but because their characters aren't necessarily um, hitting with the, with the people who are watching impact that kind of loses it on a card where you have Ty of Valkyrie and Deanna prazo who are both impact stalwarts. Like they, they've been around for a while. People know them, their household names, especially Diana, who just had a damn match on AEW dynamite in the main event. Yada, 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 go ahead. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, well but and, and also it's like, you know, it, part of this too is this is also a show where super top tier talents, in my opinion, like Jordan Grace are nowhere to be found. Like, Masha Slamovich is nowhere to be found. Like, like once again, I think you had to do this match because, like, for storyline purposes, it made sense to do Tasha and Havoc tonight. Like, I'm not against this match. And like I said, I thought it was a pretty good match. Like, I thought this was way better than the Rebellion match with Rosemary. That's just me personally. Yep. But like now, like you said, let's move on to something that might just just hit better, and and maybe have them highlighted as like the top women's match of the next show. Like when we go into Slamiversary, I want to see Tasha Steels versus Jordan Grace. We want to see. I want to see them really push someone like Marshall Slamovich and give me just a real solid Tasha Steels, Marshall Slamovich match, and make it look like the Knockouts title is the most important women's title in that company. Because for the last handful of shows other women's titles have overshadowed the knockouts title within impact wrestling. And that's, I think we're both kind of on the same page with, with this. And I think a lot of the fan base agrees with us when it comes to this as well. And this is also nothing against Tasha. She should be the knockout champion right now. Like she's the right person to have that title and she's very talented and she still hasn't even hit her prime yet. in My opinion, she's still probably a few years away from actually being in her prime. So she's already like really really good and still has a lot of untapped potential. She's going to be huge for impact wrestling's future if, if they can keep her there for the long term. Um but now we just got to get her the right opponents and just have some banger matches on some big shows and uh hopefully that's what we get cuz once again you are being set up to succeed in impact wrestling if you're a woman in my opinion because you are put in a in a great division and you are able to have time to have great matches and you know, I just want to see more of that out of Tasha Steeles because I think she's totally capable of having a great run with the title.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know what? Because we react in real time, what we see now may very well play into the future. And we see Tasha build from who she's facing now and last month to much bigger opponents down the line and You know, to one month from now at Slammiversary, we could be looking and saying, wow, Tasha Steele stole the show versus whoever, or as Kai saying, maybe a knockouts title fatal four-way. You can do that. And who would be in that match? I mean, you got Tasha, you got Diana, you got Taya, you've got Mia Yim, you've got Lady Frost, you've got Masha Slamovich, you've got Jordan Grace, you've got a a plethora. I mean, Steven, you already went down the list from uh, wrestling covers, but there is no shortage of people who can be in a knockouts fatal four-way.
3: A hundred percent, and also like you just said, sometimes it's not always about the what's happening right here in the moment. It's about six months from now, eight months from now, a year from now. Looking back and seeing that this was a resume builder, like she's she is racking up title wins so that maybe six months from now or whatever you look at that and you go, "Oh, okay, Rosemary Havoc." Then you get into Lady Frost, Diana, Taya uh masha you know so jordan so on and so forth um so i i agree with you there too sometimes you you know as a new champion and a champion who isn't really super established as a singles wrestler within the company still like she was really more so with fire and flavor with with kira like and and when 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 kira left i think a lot of people myself included we were like What's gonna to be Tasha's future? Because she's really talented, but she's mainly been used as a tag team wrestler. So this is really establishing her not only as the champion, but also just I think as a singles wrestler in general. And this, like I said, I feel like was more of a resume builder. Beating Havoc, beating Rosemary. Now let's move on and and get some wins over some other opponents.
2: Like Chelsea Green. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I like Chelsea, but yes, that's that's kind of where we're going. Who knows where who, where we're going to go next? They're going to be taping TV over the next couple of nights. Mark Lossifer sends a super chat saying, sitting here wondering why Impact doesn't have more buzz. And then Joel says she was kidnapped and is currently trapped in the shadow realm. Well, listen, I it's not for everyone. I find a little bit of uh, comedy in, in stuff like Swinger's Palace, which is now Swinger's Dungeon. It's a sex dungeon. I love it. It's hilarious. It's just objectively a silly show where people wrestle and i like it back anyway let's talk about the impact tag title match violent by design takes on the briscoes stephen jensen we have new impact tag champions and you would know that the second you saw violent by design walk on stage and you hear cody deaner is going to be in the match with uh, eric young well that's exactly what happened is there to take the Heat. Deaner's there to take the loss and get the, take the pinfall. But it was a very good match. And it was a lot of pre-match fighting. Uh, just a, a whole lot of tandem offense from the Briscoes. A lot of really innovative stuff. Um, this is great news for Slammiversary to have the Briscoes be a part of it, potentially, as Impact Tag Champions. And here's the thing I will throw at you. They are the first tag team to win the Impact Ring of Honor and iwgp tag titles eat your heart out young bucks
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean just adding to their legacy um you know i i had a pretty good feeling that the briscoes were going to win the titles tonight mainly because at rebellion bound by design beat pretty much every other team in that gauntlet match like they didn't get the pin on every other team but like they beat like 10 teams in that match so it's like If you also beat the Briscoes, where do you really go from there? I mean, you know, eventually maybe Heath and Rhino, but, like, you have an opportunity here to put the titles on the Briscoes. You do it. And, you know, I I and not even just that. I think if you have just by way of having access to the Briscoes for, like, the the foreseeable future, it's the right move to put the titles on the Briscoes, in my opinion. Like, they're just the most established tag team you're going to have access to, and they're going to put on consistently great matches against every one of the teams you put them in the ring with and they're going to create buzz you know there there's under siege honestly tonight kind of felt like it had the same level of buzz as a show like rebellion this kind of felt like a big four impact show in, in a lot of ways to me and i think that if anybody you know might not have watched the show but they're a big wrestling fan they probably saw a lot going on on twitter tonight especially stuff like the briscoes winning the uh the tag titles and they go I feel like I really missed out here. I got to watch the replay or like, you know, or, Hey, I want to see the Briscoes win the impact titles. I'm going to tune in for, for under siege. Like I, I think that, I think that is it's very smart uh, to put, to put the titles on the Briscoes if you're impact wrestling. And this also doesn't take away from violent by design because they're a great tag team. They're a great trio. And like you said, the team of Diener and Doring and didn't get beat. So you have a way of doing a rematch with Doring and Eric Young against Bound by Design. So, or sorry, or sorry, against the Briscoes sometime in the near future, and that's going to have a different dynamic to it. And maybe maybe the Briscoes and Impact is a really short-term thing. You could really sell it, I think, if like if at some point in the in the future, Bound by Design is the ones who are going to win these titles back from the Briscoes, but it's the team of Doring and Eric Young. I think all, all of this can make a lot of sense. So uh so yeah, I think I I I, I like this and I thought I, I want to see more matches between these teams too, because I felt like this was a little short also, but there's there's a lot there's a lot of meat on the bones still there for for rematches.
2: Uh so three things. First of all, if it did feel a little rushed, uh they also rushed right out of the knockouts title match. They kind of just went right to the package, they didn't really spend much time on it letting it breathe. They went right to the to the tag team package and then into the match that's number one. Number two, uh, I fully agree with you. If you are watching these these Impact Plus events uh, on their YouTube channel, if you go to Impact's YouTube channel, it's the, the Impact Insiders, it's five bucks a month. I paid five Canadian dollars, which like in the US is like a buck and a half for this show tonight. And that is very well worth it for what I got for not only the length of the show, but the quality as well. So I, I will shout out Impact for that. It's worth the money for those shows. The, the pay-per-views, whatever, they got to make their money, but it's quarterly, similar to how AEW operates. Uh, and the only difference here is that Impact just has that extra content on their YouTube or on their app for 5 to $7, depending on where you live. Um, and then the last thing I want to point out is I really do think that having the Briscoes at Slammiversary is the play. I don't think it's a very, uh, very long-term goal to have the Briscoes around. And you know who I think might take those titles from them? Go for it. Heath and Rhino. Not at Slammiversary. But I think because Heath and Rhino had their first match against the Briscoes, and the Briscoes had their first match against Heath and Rhino, and it was a very good one, and they matched up well, and it ended up with the Briscoes taking the tag titles. I think Heath and Rhino were eventually going to build their way up to a match against the Briscoes and redeem themselves and win those tag titles. That's where I see it going in the next few months again, not at slammiversary, but somewhere past that, maybe into the fall.
1: Yeah, hey, I
3: think that's probably a pretty good call. Um, I'm gonna stick with Eric Young and Doring getting the titles back for VBD eventually, but I think that's a good prediction. With I mean they're clearly they're we're going to get Heath and Rhino versus the Briscoes again. Like they they're or or at I guess they could be doing a longer term play where vbd gets the titles back from the briscoes and they go into rhino and heath versus vbd because of the history there for the tag titles that could be good as well either way impact's tag division isn't a good spot right now a lot of good tag teams
2: yeah absolutely by the way in the chat i see you guys talking about uh impact needing to promote the insiders package and needing people to hear about it i see someone else saying they thought it was a pay-per-view they definitely would have watched if they knew everything that we just talked about um yeah it, it's tough it, 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 i think impact really needs to spend more time promoting the content and the pricing that they have because it's different seemingly for a lot of different shows. Um, Kai then saying, Heath and Rhino, what in the WWE booking, Joel? Hey, when Heath went down with injury, the original, there was a big story that they were telling with Heath uh, when he got injured in that uh, Collier Shot gauntlet. They were supposed to win the tag titles and everything and then Heath got injured and the Rhino story kind of turned into Violent by Design, which was great, by the way. Um, long story short, I just think It's not a WWE booking. It's just that's a tag team rising through the ranks and getting their shot. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Folks, we're getting to the home stretch. We're down to a segment and a final main event match. Get your super chats in. Toss your thumbs up. Let's go ahead. Moose comes out, has a little promo, threatens to hijack the show, says Josh Alexander's match is not going to happen. And then, as Fightful Select reported, Sammy Callahan is back, Steven Jensen, and he has his bat with him how do we feel sammy callahan's back in impact wrestling the death machine returns takes out moose what do you think
3: i'm gonna reserve total judgment until i see callahan and moose wrestle each other um because i think that the match will probably be pretty good and i'm assuming that's going to be a slam anniversary um the thing with sammy is that it's like i think a lot of the fan base really likes him like a lot of like the impact loyal fans like they really like him so like i understand why he is perennially in that main event scene i like i get it but i just i'm trying to put this in the best way i can put it i don't want him somewhat clogging the opportunities potentially Of some of these other people that we've already talked about tonight. Like I don't want a Steve Macklin or a Trey Miguel or an Ace Austin or someone like that, not to get big spots in main events because we have to keep going back to Sammy Callahan. Um, Now that being said, this could be interesting. I mean, we we've seen Callahan with like hacker gimmicks in the past and stuff. And this is all playing into what we all expected it to be Sammy Callahan. We started seeing these uh, cryptic messages and stuff like that the the feud uh the match makes sense because moose you know took out sammy callahan months back and he's been on the shelf ever since so this all makes sense and i'm just hoping the match is good i'm assuming callahan's gonna win and that's gonna put him back in that world title mix because he'll beat the former champion in moose but that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna you know a bad thing i just need to see what they do with it and 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 i'll be keeping my eyes on like as this is happening towards the top of the card, what's going on with the guys that I want to see rise in the cards? Like are they are they doing it or are they not? And if they're not, I'm gonna get a little frustrated again because then you're kind of in the same exact spot you keep putting yourself in if you're impact wrestling with guys like Sammy Callahan and, and Eddie Edwards historically. and these kind of guys were like, we've seen it. We like these guys. They're great wrestlers. We all understand that. they mean a lot to impact wrestling but I want to see some new faces in that mix too. And I think they've done a great job with Josh Alexander becoming the champion. He is a new, a new person to their world title picture. And that's a good thing. And we need more guys like that, but it's also okay to have some established guys like Sammy Callahan in that mix too. Um, But it's just one of those things where I just don't want too much of like the been there, done that. Like we've seen, we've seen a lot of this before, but if it's good, it's good. If him and Moose deliver, I'll be happy with that. You know what I
2: mean? I enjoyed the Cactus Driver 97 on Moose to lay him out. I enjoyed commentary putting over that Moose broke Sammy's leg, and that's why we're doing this. Again, good storytelling, or not revision, but uh, bringing back the story for those who didn't know or just needed that refresher. And by the way, where is Sammy Callahan built from, Stephen Jensen? Ohio. And where were they tonight? Ohio. Like Newport, yes. Kentucky. <laughs> <splash>. <laughs> they basically said that they were in Ohio without saying they were actually in Kentucky along the way. But either way, this was very much Sammy's uh home area, right? Within a four-hour drive. So I- I'm a big fan of them having Sammy come home eric sammy make his return in his home state or home area i think it really tells a good story gets people at home invested in sammy because the fans were invested in sammy so it's good but like you said we'll see where other people on the impact roster fall with sammy coming back
3: exactly that that's the only concern that i have i guess if you want to call out a concern you know like even like kai in the chat said uh jensen has seen enough of the not like john <laughs> cena um yeah but it, and it, that's a good way of putting it because it's kind of along the same lines. Is kind of what, what he, you know, I, I was a good, that was a good play on words by Kai. Um, but it was one of those things too. It's like, I don't love Sammy Callen, but I don't hate Sammy Callan either. And he means a lot to the company. Like I, I totally get why impact is so loyal to him because that loyalty is mutual between him and that company. And it has been for years. But like I said, my main concern mainly comes from I want to see other people also get into these spots. So after Callahan and Moose do their thing, Callahan's going to still be in a good spot. And that's totally fine. But I also hope that there's room at the top there for some of these other people who haven't had that chance just yet that really deserve it.
2: Main event time. But, folks, before we do that, don't forget to check out FightfulSelect.com. It's going to be a ton of news coming out tomorrow as we get to WWE. Wrestlemania Backlash, they're going to be talking all about that tomorrow on youtube.com slash Fightful Denise Salcedo, Sean rossap they'll be here to talk about the show and then on Select, of course, if you want your Sour Graps fix, you got Kate and you got Alex, they're going to be talking about the show afterwards, and uh, by the way, go to youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked where you see both of us doing different shows all the time and uh, that's 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 that let's talk about the, the Impact World Championship, let's talk about Josh Alexander and Tomohiro Ishii I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. But Josh Alexander, on his way to the show, got into a car accident that uh, I, I I don't know if it totaled his car, but the damage was pretty, pretty bad. No injuries. They're saying he's okay. He, he also wrestled the match, so clearly he must be all right. But um, first of all, good to see Josh is okay. Sucks to see someone's car get, you know, get wrecked. Um, but also... I'm kind of a fan of them using this as part of the story of the match and a little bit of a point for them to use in a match that's otherwise rooted in two guys just wanting to beat the shit out of each other for lack of better terms. This was a strong match. This was a really fun match and I'll shout out Tomohiro Ishii. His last month included matches in AEW, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, both in the US and in Japan and now with Impact. So clearly tomohiro ishii is not stopping just like he did not stop throughout this entire match talk to me about it because you love the strong crazy shit that came from here
3: yes um love this match this is very much my type of stuff um ishii is one of my favorite wrestlers in the history of new japan like i i love the things that he does and i i say this often but for maybe people who haven't heard me before that are listening to this i uh i don't think i've ever seen a wrestler in my life of of 30 years of watching pro wrestling that gets more out of like the most basic stuff in wrestling than Ishii does. Like he does pretty much nothing but like punches, kicks, chops, and like pretty basic suplexes. And it just the looks high
2: spots. Sorry, their high spots were suplexes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean,
3: the they the commentary was selling his superplex like it was like, we've never seen a superplex this you know destructive ever before in our lives. And it's like, just kind of a superplex. Like I, I know that it was supposed to be more of a brain buster. Cause that's Ishi's finisher. But like, if I'm being completely honest, it normally looks like a suplex more. It looks like a brain buster when he hits it. But it, he, he, the way that he sells things and his facial expressions and just getting so much out of so little is what makes him so good. In my opinion, like just the fact that everything he does looks so believable. Um, And Josh Alexander has just been, such a uh like, what a great, su- almost surprise they got out of uh, what what like a blessing in disguise of like when the North split up and everyone knew Ethan Page was gonna be just fine because we knew the charisma was there and the in ring was there and like we knew he'd be a big deal somewhere when he left Impact Wrestling, but Josh Alexander we knew was a great in ring wrestler, but he didn't have the same. Uh, on like the character side, is like Ethan Page did, and they've done such a good job between Josh Alexander's Impact uh, X Division run and the great matches he had with that, then cashing an op- Option C, and then the the redemption story of of winning the title back from Moose, and now he's already building. See, here's the thing: like when we're talking resume builders, we we're talking about uh, Tasha Steele earlier. We feel a little underwhelmed so far with the resume she's built as the champion, just mainly based on the the opponents. When you look at Josh Alexander already we're like beat Moose for the title retained against Moose beat Tommy Hirishi like this is already becoming a pretty damn good title run and we're only like two defenses in like this is this is how you really build a world champion in my opinion and uh I thought this match was great it was long but it was but it was really really well done a ton of false finishes and uh this was a dream match like this is a match I didn't have on my bingo card for 2022 i didn't expect to see this match and for Ishii to do everything he's done in the states like you were just saying like how cool is that a guy who was primarily known mainly to just like kind of the fan base that pays attention to new japan now you're getting to watch him have like i mean he was in an own heart uh tournament qualifier against adam cole like that's so random but like it was great. Like it just works so well. He, he you can put him in any situation and it's going to be a good matchup and just super believable. So I, I, I love this matchup. I thought the match delivered and I hope we get to see a lot more Vishi in the States going forward. Cause I think he can be a real asset. I mean, he's a, he's a real asset to new Japan pro wrestling, but they've never gone all the way with him. Like they've never put the IWGP championship world championship on him, but Maybe in the States, he can be more like a world-level type guy. I, I don't know. The talent's there, and he gets over everywhere he is. So, um, yeah, I, I love I love what I see out of Ishii, and I love what I've seen out of Alexander as the champion so far.
2: So uh, don't take this the wrong way when I say it. This, for Josh Alexander, this match was a, a palate cleanser because he his match with Moose, as great as it was, was very rooted in story. Yeah. This wasn't a storyline match. This was a great match to solidify that Josh Alexander can go as a performer, as a wrestler, and that's good. It just reminded people that he is tough as nails and that he can really do it. What happens next, what builds for Slammiversary, I think that's really what's going to what, what's gonna be important moving forward for the next few weeks on Impact Television. And then later on when we get to uh, that's going to have to be a storyline driven match, in my opinion, because that's what gets people interested In wrestling um is a good storyline matches like this are great where you watch them beat the shit out of each other and you watch things like uh you know an ankle lock that gets turned into a knee bar that can then gets turned into another ankle lock and he drops and does the leg vine and then there's a rope player like just again the chain wrestling and the really cool stuff and like you said a stalling superplex those moments are great in matches like this Um, then they're telling stories in the match but they're not telling a story that like everyone might be able to access on some basic level which to me is great about pro wrestling Um, but we get to the final of this whole this whole match josh goes for a moonsault misses it completely and then there's just headbutts headbutts basement clothesline near fall for Mishi, and then a reversal counter from the c4 spike into the brain buster and vice versa nobody hits anything and then we finally get the double lariats the headbutts and a powerbomb into the c4 spike alexander retains um by the way shout out to that powerbomb backbreaker from josh alexander because holy shit that hurts
3: (laughs) yeah i love that move like that like scenario like that would be a finishing move probably but he is that c4 spike is so nasty and i've also noticed that um jay briscoe hasn't been hitting the jay driller and impact because like they're protecting it for for uh, alexander's his finisher which i like that when you go to a company i i kind of like protecting someone's finish like someone not using someone else's move as just like another i mean it is jay's finisher too but in a tag team they can get around that um you can do a neck break or whatever and then mark and hit the froggy bow and they they don't have to go to the J driller and stuff so um yeah no I I mean I think we're all on the same page when it comes to I mean and and I I do agree with you 100 on the idea that this was just a straight-up wrestling match like there wasn't all the added story elements to it and that's totally fine and I I'm as a fan of just good professional wrestling i like seeing stuff like that sometimes just give me two great wrestlers against each other have them do their thing give me a winner and a loser without a whole bunch of bs attached to it and this is this is what i like you know this this is good stuff and alexander retaining we all knew that that was going to happen like you know there wasn't a whole lot of doubt that you know that alexander would retain here but there was a couple times where you know ishii made you kind of think like man, how's Alexander, how's Alexander going to kick out of this? And Alexander did. So resume building as a champion, and Ishii looks great in defeat. And who knows how long Ishii will be a part of Impact Wrestling. But I just think it's really cool that in 2022, we're getting these kind of random dream matches like this.
2: It's crazy. And I'm looking forward to more of this stuff hitting up an impact. Uh, Clearly we're seeing the AW stuff come through with impact and new Japan. So listen, all roads are kind of traveling within each other. And I'm a big fan of that. This show overall to me was, was really enjoyable. And again, the fact that I paid five bucks for it, I can't really say it was a bad investment. I'm happy with it. Uh, Steven Jensen, any last words, and then we're going to get the heck out of here.
3: No, I'll just uh, plug kind of the stuff I got going on because it is almost Sunday. So uh tomorrow fightful select.com as joel has been mentioning all show that's the most direct way to support us over at fightful um tomorrow sometime in the morning i'm not sure exactly what time it depends on when i'm able to record it but the fightful select week or podcast that is every sunday at fightfulselect.com, i cover the world of independent professional wrestling and a little bit of some other stuff too like that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, uh highlights in the wrestling world like i also talk about like 205 live and NXT uk and mlw and nwa and like all that kind of stuff on top of indie wrestling my recommended show to watch is going to be kobk blood on my jeans i'm going to catch uh the part of the show that i i missed tonight i watched most of it but what i've missed i'm going to catch up on before i record tomorrow um also sometime between now and tuesday my interview with baron black as well as my interview with nasty leroy from um from battle slam vendetta that'll be available on fightful select and it'll be free So you don't even have to pay that $5. don't have to subscribe. You'll be able to listen to my interviews from Battle Slam completely for free at FightfulSelect.com. I don't know when those will get uploaded, but it should be sometime before Tuesday, because that's when that show airs for free on Fight TV. So you can check that out. Shout out to Battle Slam. Shout out to Baron Black. Uh, Fight TV, Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, I believe, completely for free on Fight TV for their premiere. So a bunch of free Battle Slam content coming your way over the next few days. And also... I will shout out Mother's Day tomorrow. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, it is actually the 20 year anniversary of my mother passing away um, th- this month. So, um, you no. Know, so everyone out there, just you know, spend time with your families. I'll be spending time with my stepmom tomorrow, as as well as the rest of my family, with my dad, and my brother, and stuff, and uh, my stepsister who's a mother as well. So, um, so yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there too before we got out of here. Um, happy Mother's Day to uh, to everyone out there. And if you and if uh even if you're a dad out there and like you kind of pull double duty out there and you know like and for anyone out there who, who has a mother a mother-like role in somebody's life i hope you have a good day tomorrow
2: 100 couldn't say it any other way happy mother's day to those who are who are in it and those who are celebrating i'm wishing my mother and my wife a happy mother's day um and hoping everybody has a wonderful weekend wrestlemania backlashes tomorrow night if you're gonna watch it enjoy it check out the not the replay it's the post show check out the post show with sean ross and denise salcedo it'll be on sunday night after the event i am actual pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l uh you can check me out most of the time youtube.com slash fightful overbooked that is where a lot of our stuff is twitch.tv slash fightful gaming that's where steven jensen and i sometimes play video games or uh jeremy lambert and i sometimes yell at each other over the internet because that's what we do best and uh for that i guess we're done ladies gentlemen friends beyond the
1: binary we'll see you in the next one Have yourselves a good night. Cheers.